0: All right. Welcome back to yet another episode of At The Movies. With me today, of course, as usual, is Brandon Jones and Melissa Boudreaux. But we actually, we have a super special guest with us today. We have uh, Kara Leonard, who is new to the team. Hello, Kara. How are you?
1: Hi. Thank you for having me.
2: Absolutely. But I think-
1: Welcome, Kara.
2: We learned something right off the bat about you. You're involved with a film festival in some way.
1: Yeah, the Charlotte Film Festival. So um, I ran um, an independent theater here in Charlotte for about eight years called the Ayrsley Grand. um, And we were the hosts for the Charlotte Film Festival. So I've worked a lot with the Charlotte Film Society. Um, They're really incredible. They're trying to build a theater here in Charlotte uh, currently to open next year, which would be great. Uh, We used to have three art houses in town and they've all closed. Uh, So, you know, that's a missing uh, luxury that we don't have currently here in Charlotte. So that would be great if they could get it open.
2: So what's everybody's, number one, we know Kara's involvement with a film festival now, other involvement either through your exhibitor experience or just personal experience or whether you're involved with it or festivals that you've gone to. Um, so I went to a film festival, probably my
0: most memorable Film Festival was in East Lansing. Um, there was one the year I graduated high school in 2003. Um, and there I got to see a bunch of, um, so basically the theme for that week was a uh, tribute to Bruce Campbell because Bruce Campbell is a local Michigan actor. Um, you know, Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. But he had a, a film that hadn't been released yet. And we got to see it at the film festival like a year or two before it came out. But that film was Bubba Hotep, where he okay. plays a geriatric Elvis in like, a convalescent home and has to fight as, like, a mummy that came back to life. It's really good, but that was probably my most memorable um, film festival experience.
3: My first film festival experience is plural was when I worked at Moose Jaw, which is an outdoor retailer here in Michigan, but it's big e-commerce. We every year would partner with the Banff film festival and, um, show that. So we would partner with, we would rent a theater and we would show and help select the films that we were going to show in our market. And I did that for several years. I don't know, four or five years. And it was such a great, experience. And then we transitioned into doing the real rock film festival. So a lot of outdoor film festivals, but when Scott and I worked at imagine the Detroit free press, which is a local paper here started putting on a film festival. Cause D- Detroit didn't really have a film festival as far as I knew, or they were just very, central to just one theater. And they really wanted to expand into growing their film festival and getting it into the suburbs. So more people had access to see these wonderful films. And so we were a part of helping them launch a bigger film festival in Detroit, which was really, really great.
0: Mm -hmm. And we even helped them put on um, their first premiere for their first film that they actually made. It was a film that was called 12th and Claremont. And it was about the 67 riots that took place in Detroit. And the, that project was actually really cool because they did um, the, what was it? The Detroit Historical Society did like a call to all of Detroit citizens saying, send us all of your old, like either undeveloped film or film from like the sixties and seventies. We're just trying to get like an archive of the era. And so much of the footage that they got back was from the 67 riots that they were like, well, we have to do a documentary about it. So they had all of this collected footage from Detroit citizens that got made into this documentary. It was really, really good.
3: And then the next year, not to take all the time, but really exciting. What was the Red Wings documentary?
0: There was a few of them. So there was the um, one where we
3: did the red carpet. The Russian Five. So we did a red carpet premiere of the Russian Five, made locally here about the Detroit Red Wings, but there was a big accident that a bunch of the players were involved in right after they won the Stanley Cup. And we did a red carpet premiere and some of the players were able to come to the red carpet. And one of the most famous players, um, Vladimir Konstantinov, AKA Vladdy was able to come. Now he is in a wheelchair because of that accident, but it was such an emotional moment because he was just waving to everybody. And he was so happy. So many people were there for the premiere. People were crying. I think he was crying too. I mean, it was just a really well done documentary about what had happened and, and heartbreaking too.
2: That's amazing. Those are, those are some awesome.
3: What about yours? Aren't you involved in a little film festival down there in Dallas?
2: I am. So I'm a board member of Dallas film and I'm the volunteer CMO of the Dallas international film festival. And this would be my fourth year, I think in that role, Ish, maybe. But what my first film festival experience was in 2002, uh, myself and a, a guy named Todd McGreevy started a film festival in the Quad Cities, mm-hmm. Illinois and Iowa. So Moline, Illinois, Davenport, Iowa. And it was called the Mid Coast Film and Arts Festival. That was my first foray into. The film festival world. And then I started two independent screening series. One was the Dallas screening series. Another one was the Fort Worth screening series, which got me involved in the, at the time, which was the Deep Ellum Film Festival that turned into the AFI Dallas Film Festival, which is now the Dallas International Film Festival. So, but what I love about film festivals is exactly what you guys were talking about, like these there's a lot of showmanship to it and there's red carpets and you're really creating access. You're really making the art form accessible to both the filmmakers and the moviegoer because you've got these up and coming filmmakers paired with a lot of times the Bruce Campbell's of the world or, you know, established, more established filmmakers and you create such a scene. So we actually have a run of show here that of course I've, derailed right at the start, as usual. I want to ask all of our listeners, whether it is virtual or if it is in person later this year, to make a point to support your local film festivals. And what's also cool right now with all these virtual film festivals is that you may get to participate in some film festivals that you otherwise would never have been a part of, because the virtual aspect has made that accessible. So um, a really cool part about being an exhibitor is helping up and coming filmmakers. And most film festivals are nonprofits. So when you can host a film festival, um, you're, you're actually doing something for a nonprofit group and they usually benefit another piece of the community, typically arts. So really get in and support those. I remember um in 2018 i think at studio movie grill we supported 80 different film festivals across the circuit so we were all in and i really encourage everyone to just go seek these out go discover it's it's an amazing uh they're amazing events and you'll find a lot of really cool movies tucked away in there Mm -hmm. and the other thing the last thing about festivals
0: before we move on to our uh our actual sheet um it also it prolongs that um that after moment when you walk out of that theater and you're still kind of buzzing from that film the thing i love about film festivals also it just it just prolongs that experience it just makes it go from one to another to another and it just um yeah it sustains it
2: but so one other ahead. thing about this <laughs> <laughs> the the discovery part of it is really cool because I can't tell you how many times I've seen a movie at a film festival. And then six months, eight months later, it's nominated for an Academy Award. It's nominated for a Golden Globe. It's nominated for an Indie Spirit, whatever it is. And then the next thing you know, that filmmaker, we had a experience. Um, the director, I can't even remember, so I won't go down that role. But anyway, wound up directing you know, a major Marvel movie or something like that, that won our film festival. And um, so there, there's just really cool discovery. And then all of a sudden you look out and several months later, you've seen something. You're You're ahead of the curve if you will go and experience these film festivals, so.
3: One more thing. I know the (laughs) only reason why this came up was because we were talking about James who hasn't been here because he is very busy with the Dallas international film festival. And I just wanted to say he's kind of a big deal and we miss him.
2: Shout out to James. If there's anybody that should be on here talking about film festivals,
3: (laughs) it should be him.
2: Not this spare,
3: (laughs) but he's, he's, he's
2: also way too busy making film festivals to talk to us about making film festivals, right? (laughs) James is the real. When it comes to film festivals, I'm not sure there's anybody that's more respected in that uh, environment than James Faust. So we miss you, James. Come we back to you. us. you, shout out. All right, so should we move on to my sheet or should I never write one of these again? <laughs> no, you, <laughs>
0: should. you should. just put in the beginning. <laughs> okay. Brandon's um,
2: derailed moment of the day.
0: So I think we can kind of maybe start off with a little bit of inter- industry news just to kind of, I don't know. I'm already I'm already getting off of my uh,
2: my list here of orchestrated events. Well, do we but, do we want to introduce Kara first and give her a formal
0: like, like for
3: real? For Kara real needs for a for real, real for real. Yes, yeah, she got to talk about the, the well, show. Yeah,
0: I want to I want introduce Kara, but I also want her to tell some of the stories that we have lined up for today. That's but I want I want to get the news out of the way. Let's just get. I mean, it's going to be release dates are pushed. You know, blah blah blah. This blah blah blah. That AMC
3: is mean, not going bankrupt. Yeah. Yada yada yada
0: right I think that covers the industry news Um, yep COVID
3: is still (laughs) happening and theaters are closed in most places
0: yeah basically Um, just a quick update on the release dates it looks like more movies have moved Last Night in Soho has moved to October end of October Um, Ghostbusters has moved to September it looks
3: November now November
0: that's right it's it's probably moved since the last time I read this uh, article
3: it may have
0: Morbius, Uncharted, Nobody. Like, everyone's just...
3: Quiet
1: Place 2. Quiet Place I mean, 2.
0: Things are moving. Things are moving, moving around.
1: Which they're Quiet moving. Place 2 was the last movie I screened before the pandemic.
0: Mm-hmm. It was the last and movie I, I started to promote before the pandemic.
1: I feel like I'll never be able to talk about it with anyone because it just keeps getting pushed back. Because
3: nobody's
2: I saw seen it, it in a theater before the pandemic. Yeah. So I feel like it's Quiet Place Part Three now.
3: Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
2: Might as well be. Where did last night in Soho get moved to?
0: Uh, October twenty second. Yes, that's what it says. At least right now, I feel
3: like everything's very fluid. Like we look at these dates, but they're arbitrary. Yeah, let's
2: hope May and June start holding. For real. Let's hope.
3: Okay. I mean, yeah. Fingers crossed. Let's let's move to the fun stuff, Scott. Yeah,
0: like that's always the same news. Um, but like we said, we have um, our super special guest, Kara Leonard here today. Um, so can you at least give us um, a, a little bit more of your history? You said you worked in a uh, small exhibitor in Charlotte?
1: Yeah, so um, like a lot of people, I started um, as an usher at my hometown theater. Uh, lowest rung of the ladder when i i was like a teenage punk i had a mohawk so they did not want me on a register i was not allowed to talk to customers yet um moved my we would have brought
2: to- the mohawk back for today
1: <laughs> do, can you do you have a <laughs> picture here i think I'll you need a picture for you. Okay. my yeah oh that picture, should be our
2: promo mohawk. for this
1: yeah so um i've <laughs> seen your <senior> guess, picture <laughs> yeah Reed could be doing picture? that right now yeah, my yeah. senior picture i have a mohawk that's um, awesome. So I got a respectable haircut, moved up to management, worked in the projection booth, left for college, um, got a photography degree, worked at my college town theater um, while I was there um, after graduating. Was what was that?
2: Which theater was that?
1: Um, it was uh, Manchester Cinemas. It was a 14 screen uh, for Consolidated theaters, um, which was a Southeast chain that got sold to Regal. Um, After I graduated, I ran a five screen art house in Charlotte uh, called Valentine Village Theater, which is no longer open. Um, And that was kind of where I first started to get into alternative content, um, all of the fun stuff you can book outside of the cookie cutter theater. Um, And then after that is when I worked at the theater that I mentioned, Aresley Grand. I was there for eight years, did a lot of like film festivals, fun. And from there, got my last gig, which was uh, film buying and working for Southeast Cinemas, which is a chain of nine theaters here in the Southeast. Um, so I've kind of done it all.
2: Wow. Jack-a-bolt and now raids. you were part of the Film Frog team. The
1: Film Frog team, yeah.
2: You're on right. frog ship.
3: Misfits. Yeah. I think yeah, we're the band of misfits. The ragtag. Yeah. We are definitely <laughs> but, a, yeah, a, a, rat a rat pack. You're <laughs>
0: definitely a brat pack. Um, we're yeah. yeah. So, um, can you tell me about one of your most memorable movie going experiences? This is a pretty stock question here at, at the movies.
1: Um. So, my most memorable is linked. I know we're going to talk about our worst movie going experiences.
0: Spoiler alert.
1: And mm-hmm. just as a little teaser, my best and worst are like linked, like there's a weird little connection between them. So, I'm going to pulled off on telling my most memorable okay after
0: my well then what was the last movie you saw in a theater before quarantine
1: uh before quarantine it was either quiet place too or promising young woman those were like my last two um screening i love I promising
2: to. young woman that it was, was so good
1: i'm so glad it's finally movie. out and people are seeing it so it's good.
2: amazing go see it go see it in a theater if you can
1: And then um, mid-pandemic, I did go to a screening of Bill and Ted. So, I mean, that was nice to get back into a theater again.
0: How was that movie? I didn't see that one.
1: I mean, it was fun. I mean, it was all kind of fan service. But, I mean, that's what you look for with something like that.
0: Yeah, that's what most of those movies are these days. Okay. Well, I guess we can get into today's topic, which is um, basically worst movie experience ever. I know that we talk a lot about... How much we love the movie going experience and how much that can really, uh, really captivate an audience more so than if you were to watch a movie at home. But that does not mean that every experience you have at the movie theaters is worth sharing or even worth, um, I don't know, being pleased with. So we're going to share some of our worst movie going experiences here today. And so it sounds like you've already kind of let us in with your um, best and worst. So can you give us, one of those now
1: sure yeah I can give you both of them because they're they're like connected um so my worst I was kind of going through it I've seen plenty of bad movies I mean they're like a dime of dozens so my worst is a good movie that was ruined uh dark night oh so the midnight show air conditioner was broken middle of July mm. The entire crowd was miserable, um, like melting. Like people were melting. Not really? only was it uncomfortable, but like people were up and down, like every two minutes to tell management. And I just like I was not involved with the theater, so I just felt for them because you know it's not their fault. There's no way they can fix it in two hours.
2: Mm-hmm. So you were you were an audience member in this? Yes, yeah, so I was this. an audience
1: okay. member for midnight you were
2: melting like it. Harvey Dent's face.
1: Yes, it was bad. Be- like when I left, I cl- You're put myself in a mirror and my hair was like glued to my forehead. I looked like um, Toby Maguire in Spider-Man 3. Mm. Like I looked like an emo nightmare. It was like ter- <laughs> terrible. It was terrible. Um, so from then on, like such an incredible movie and like there are so many great things about it. But every time... Um, I thought about it, every time I thought about that movie, I would just be like, start getting hot again, like get that sensation back. Like, oh God, they ruined, it ruined the entire movie. Um, But it was redeemed. Do you want my redemption story now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm hooked. So a few years later, um, I was in London and I went to a secret cinema screening. Have you guys ever heard of secret cinema? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I went to, for those of you who haven't heard of it, they're an incredible organization. They do like immersive screenings um, where they basically build the movie and they have actors and you go and you kind of experience the movie for like two hours and then you watch it all together, like pretty much in like an immersive, just like the film. Mm -hmm. So I went to uh, Grand Budapest Hotel I saw pictures
0: of this. I saw pictures of this experience. It was incredible.
1: So uh, they give you a map. You don't even get the address. You've got to like follow a map to get there. They had a giant pink hotel. Um, They had everything. They had like the Mendel's bakery. Mm -hmm. Everything inside was awesome. You could, you had to go in costume. You could like interview to work there. They had like all these like fake things set up. Like it was an actual hotel. And then you sat down and watched it with everyone. And it was incredible. When we were leaving, we were kind of talking about like, how the hell did they turn this building into like a pink hotel? And they were like, oh, this building, they use it for filming all the time. They filmed the dark night here. And I was like, oh, so now whenever I think of the dark night, I think of the place and not melting in the theater anymore. But it's like all of the office spaces. So like commissioner Gordon's office, the pencil scene really? like anything that's that cool was so it. cool yeah so that was that's my really redemption cool. from worst to best with dark knight
0: yeah i'm really jealous of the secret cinema thing
1: amazing it was the be- i mean it was the best <laughs> work trip <laughs> <laughs> yeah do like you want to retreat do you want to tell
0: do you want to tell cara the story about how we know what secret cinema is
3: yeah i mean it's it's definitely different but at there's a local art house theater here in Michigan called the maple theater. And also the person who owns that owns some of the Imagine locations in Minnesota, and he does something called the secret cinema, but it's where you sit down and you don't know what's about to be screened. And so you pay and you sit down and you, you know, you have no clue what you're going to watch and it's usually sold out, which is very, very cool. And there's like a presentation in the beginning and a QA and a in the end. Um, and the best part of it, I've gone to a few of them, is when people start to, people clap at the beginning if it's a movie that they're excited about or it's something they've never been exposed to. And at the end, the Q&A is really awesome. And it's, it's a really cool experience. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and we know about it because we had to change the name of it because... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you know we knew that there was another secret cinema different concept but
1: mm-hmm.
3: yes we did have to secret movie night is what we ended up changing ours to so That's awesome, though. yeah it's a cool experience I can't wait to actually experience it again soon
0: all right well that was a good story but let's hear another bad story who's got a bad story for me
3: I, I I'll tell my bad story since I was just talking and I had to think about this. I can't, I had one last night, but I, I actually have a better one. So in the beginning, when I first started working at Imagine, I was in the marketing team and I oversaw marketing and sales. I was like, I need to just have a nice Saturday. I'm gonna go to the movies. I'm gonna relax. I got my husband and my friend, and we were going to see Jurassic World, you know, just like a five o'clock show. So excited to just like chill. Crazy long week at work, sit down, get a popcorn. We're all situated. Trailers start power goes out. So naturally being the person that I am, I can't just sit there. I need to go see what I can do to help. So the power goes out. I'm passing out, I'm helping to pass out tickets. My husband and my poor friend are just like waiting for me because everybody's leaving mass exodus, The, the whole buildings out. the whole block is out. There is a huge bar mitzvah that we were hosting and I'm in charge of sales and I'm there in like a hoodie and converse, you know, and this is a business casual position. I have to go talk to the person who's throwing this very expensive, large scale bar mitzvah that hasn't been served food yet. Looking like the most, probably as bad as I look now, um, scrubby, just like as the head of sales and marketing. So not only was my relaxing Saturday, just seeing a movie done, I started to pitch in and help and work. And we did not get the power back for three full days after that. So it was an interesting three full days considering it was a weekend and we booked a lot of private events and parties. This is an entertainment center. So there was bowling and it was, a kickoff to a very interesting three days. So that was my worst movie experience that just kept going for the next several days. So yeah, sucked.
0: It's not bad. Not a bad story. But I think there's got to be a worse story out there. I think Brandon's got one for me.
3: I mean, there's definitely a worse one. One thing, one last thing, when someone has their phone on, in a movie and their screen is shining in my eyes, and this is just a PSA, and I'm sure everybody listens to this, does not use their phone in a movie theater. It can ruin every movie experience that I have. Nothing makes me more angry. I digress.
0: I also imagine you're one of the people that if you're at home, you're on your phone while you're watching the movie. Of
3: course, when I'm at home, but when I'm at the theater, my phone is off.
0: This goes
2: to show. All right, you got a story for me, Brandon?
3: Brandon, can't wait.
2: I don't really, don't build this up. I really don't have, (laughs)
3: like,
2: I'm sure I do. I have such short-term memory loss that I'm not (laughs) sure that I kind of have every experience has something redeeming about it. Um, As an exhibitor person who's worked in movie theaters a long time, and, you know, when you work for a movie theater company, you can go to the movies for free. You know, you get a walk in and we had black cards that we could use and you could go and reserve your tickets or whatever. And But my challenge was always, I hated going to see a movie on a Friday night with a crowd of people because I was, Melissa, a lot like you, I was so worried about everybody else and we were a dine-in theater, so you know, I'm worried about the guy who's asked for ranch dressing three times and I'm just like, and finally, I mean, some, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten up and been like, fuck it. I'm going to just go get it. I'll go get his Pepsi or his Coke, or I'll go ask the server to get it. Or I'll just, I've comped more popcorns. And so, it's hard. It was really hard for me to sit there and enjoy going to the movies with a big crowd at a theater that I worked for or a theater company that I worked for. So most of the time, if I wanted to go to the movies and really enjoy it, I would have to go to a competitor and go to somebody else, timing, and somebody's phone's on the theater. <laughs>
3: be running after
2: that person I I feel like the (laughs) M&M's commercial just happened (laughs) (laughs) so I just I I rarely could enjoy like sitting through so I would go in and see parts of movies or go in at odd times and um one particular case this was a long time ago a horrible movie going experience at a theater that this was early on in my career it was like a Tuesday night and I walked in and there was just trash everywhere so I threw a fit about the trash and was throwing it all over the lobby <laughs> nobody was in there but it just had been sitting there forever so I have a lot of operation stories I think more than movie going stories that's fair well I mean um, I
0: think I think that also counts because I think again my my story has nothing to do with me actually sitting in the audience it has to do with Um, What probably was a really horrible movie going experience for, you know, the people in the theater I was working for at the time. Um, But I guess I can just dive right into my story. Um, So this was when I was still working as um, basically a general employee at um, a theater called the Uptown Palladium 12 in Birmingham, Michigan. And I was putting myself through film school uh, at the same time. And I was doing a day shift. So it was in the middle of the week, not a whole lot of people there, but enough to, you know, at least have, you know, viewers in every single auditorium. They're not packed, but, you know, there's still a good amount of people in there. Um, And there's probably, you know, four people on staff and a manager. Um, And we get basically notified, someone had notified the manager of a situation that was happening in the area. Um, Now in this area, it's kind of a a smaller, um, more downtown area, so the streets are kind of narrow. Um, And across the street was a bank that apparently earlier on in the day, there was an attempted robbery at. And uh, after the robber was pursued and caught, um, he had said that he had possibly placed an explosive device in in the bank across the street from the theater that I worked at. So we had to evacuate entire building and what's really funny is no one really will take you seriously if you're a 20 some year old kid and you walk into a theater you know filled with a couple of elderly people and they're watching ice princess or something and you're like i'm sorry everyone has to stand up and come with me we just have a situation like it every time i had to go into one of those auditoriums to get people out it felt like that scene from rush hour when Chris Tucker has to get all the people out of the building because there's a bomb and people are like, what? And he has to like (laughs) yell at them to get them up to go out. So yeah, that was my worst movie going experience having to evacuate an entire building because of a potential bomb threat across the street. That's a bad day. That That sounds terrible. (laughs) That is a very bad day. Yeah. And I guess that's where we can probably leave this episode for today unless anyone else has
2: any... um... I have a good story, like a good going if oh yeah well, let's that. hear that let's
0: let's you end wanna, you leave note.
3: this on an uh, uplifting note i mean we started uh, so strong with the film festivals and then we just woo, crash
2: woo. straight into a bomb thread so last night i was going through a bunch of pictures because i have to do a yearbook uh page for my son in his yearbook because it's his senior year and so i'm scrolling through all these pictures over the last four years about his high school career and after his either right before yeah right before his freshman year we went to la um really to go sneaker shopping because that's what he does and i thought what better place la was on his list and i wanted to go there because i like movie stuff so like my night out was i took him to go see dunkirk (laughs) this is the fourth time you've mentioned the screening of dunkirk on the podcast
3: he's obsessed with dunkirk
2: not not Kirk really but this was this so i went through and actually recorded the intro oh really the manager
0: gave so you
3: had your phone out in the theater yeah,
0: yeah. but he told this part. i i know this story because he's like the owner comes out he lives a few yeah. blocks away manager comes manager and comes oh.
2: in a the chinese theater
3: let brandon tell it. we'll yeah. let you tell it brandon
2: he does the whole intro and i think that is the best part of it was the most memorable uh screening that i think i've been to in a long time so that memory came to me last night as scott was putting show notes together so thought i would share that i guess for the fourth time in 15 episodes (laughs) well i well Um, it just makes me want to go to the chinese
0: theater and get this intro from this manager it's another
3: another work trip apparently that we have to take
2: exactly i hope somebody's logging the work trip (laughs)
3: Um, arc light does a really, and I think I've said this on the podcast before arc light does a really nice job introing films. Mm -hmm. And then another thing, just if anyone else is on clubhouse, I'm super obsessed. Brandon can't help it help, but listen to me talk about it. I'm texting him all the time, but there are some really great movie conversation, film conversations, movie producers. It's been great. So if you're on there, find me, um, let's talk about movies and we're going to be having a room on there soon.
2: Yes, we'll have a movie room.
3: A movie room. Yes, we'll talk about movies.
0: All right, well, I think that probably is a good place to end this episode. So thank you to everyone. Thank you for Kara for joining us.
3: Thank you, Kara.
0: We hope that you're a regular co-host, Kara. Thank you. I would love to be. All right. Well, on that note, we will um, sign off for today. And hopefully we'll see you soon at the movies.